In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. What in this world is permanent? What can possibly withstand the tests of time? What is eternal? For much of human history, Rome was considered to be the eternal city. At its height, the Roman Empire stretched from modern-day Iraq all the way west to the Atlantic Ocean, and from Egypt all the way north to England. It was, by all accounts, the most technologically advanced society on the planet, had a complex and robust system of government, and the largest and best trained army in the world. Why shouldn't it just go on forever? If you've ever been to Europe and seen any ruins of Roman structures, they're really impressive. But they're just ruins, completely unusable. Sometimes we're able to see an artist's recreation of these buildings, and that's pretty neat, but they're all gone, lost to history. If we stop and think about these ancient civilizations, it can be a very humbling experience, and it can put our own present-day lives into a little perspective. I mean, if you travel pretty much anywhere in the world, you'll find churches, government buildings, even hotels and restaurants that were built long before America was even an idea. And sometimes a little perspective can be a very good thing. Our gospel reading this morning places us with Jesus and his disciples in Jerusalem, not more than just a few days before the Last Supper Jesus' trial and his crucifixion. While walking through the temple compound, the disciples are amazed at the architectural marvel that is Herod's temple. Towering columns, soaring walls and arcades. It was unlike anything they had ever seen before. You can almost hear the awe in their voices as they say, look, what large stones and what large buildings. And we might expect Jesus to say something like, yeah, isn't it wonderful? Look at this amazing temple that we've built. God must be so pleased. But what we hear is not the response we expect. What the disciples hear Jesus say is, do you see all these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. And then the scene shifts just outside the city to the Mount of Olives, where the whole temple and all of Jerusalem can be seen. And Jesus begins to expound on just what he was trying to get across to them earlier, but this time with a little different perspective. <clears throat> Jesus' words we hear this morning is just the beginning 
of what will be his longest discourse in the Gospel of Mark. It's almost like Jesus' last will and testament before his passion. We might expect Jesus to say something like, keep up the good work when I'm gone. Or don't worry, everything will be perfect and your lives will be full of happiness. Something cheery, maybe something encouraging. But that's not the message we hear. What we hear from Jesus is a vivid ominous and downright scary account of what Jesus says is to come. Wars, earthquakes, famines. Not exactly the warm and fuzzy good shepherd kind of Jesus we all like to listen to. But a little perspective might do us good this morning in hearing this message. Are the things Jesus speaks of the beginning of the end? Or are they the beginning of the beginning? From its onset, Jesus' ministry on earth revolved around restoring the right order in God's kingdom. And he did this by upsetting the flawed political systems and social structures that were in place. Systems that rewarded the rich who got richer at the expense of the poor and vulnerable. And the systems that rewarded the religious elite who only acted for their own personal gain and status. Now certainly for people engaged in these types of lifestyles, the thought of this major life disruption might be unsettling and could be a scary idea. But on the other hand, For someone who has been oppressed their entire life by their government or someone who has lived a life under the shadow of shame or fear just because of who they are, a major shakeup in their world might be a very welcome idea. You see, the apocalyptic images and ideas Jesus uses are not meant to convey some far-off, cataclysmic Armageddon type end of the world. Instead, they're meant to foretell a very real and a very drastic change in the current status quo of humanity. Such is the kingdom of God. And this kingdom of God is not something to be feared or to be dreaded, but something to be longed for and something we should try to bring about each and every day. These are the beginning of the birth pangs, Jesus says, not the end of everything. Now, sure, some things will end, but there are things that need to end. The divisions, blame, and distrust we've placed on those who differ from ourselves. The continued disregard for life and creation that we see playing out on a global scale each and every day. The love of money and power that has blinded our eyes to the need and suffering of our neighbors. Yeah, there are things that need to end. But these things are not of God. And what is not of God, what is not of love, 
will not last. Not one stone will be left here upon another. What will last and what our hope is secure in is the one true God who is both Alpha and Omega. The God who is at the very beginning and the God who will be there through the very end. Not just until the going gets tough. Not just until that difficult diagnosis comes in. Not even if we completely give up or turn our backs on God. We hear countless stories of tragedy in our world. And while I wholeheartedly believe that God does not create or orchestrate these horrific events, I do believe God walks with us through them and uses our human brokenness to allow the kingdom of God to become just a little more present. Just look at the pandemic we've been living in for nearly two years now. It certainly has exposed fractures and weaknesses in the society we always believed to be strong and true. But it's also revealed many of the best parts of humanity. Those who dedicate their lives to helping and serving others. And each and every common citizen who made sacrifices to protect the health of neighbors they didn't even know. I'm sure we could spend all day naming tragedies and disasters affecting our world, even in our personal lives, job layoffs, mental illness, death. These may not be famines or invading armies, but sometimes they can feel like they are. But God continues with us through it all. And new birth and resurrection are what we place our hope in. Our calling as followers of Jesus Christ is to reflect the love that God is and that God has shown us in Jesus to everyone we come across in everything we do and everywhere we are. If you're having trouble living out this vocation, don't give up. Pray about it. The answer you get might very well surprise you. It might even scare you. It might make you feel like the walls in your life are tumbling down all around you. But don't give up. Because in dying to ourselves, we are reborn into God's very kingdom. And through these birth pangs comes new and eternal life in God.